You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Welcome to episode 68 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. My man, my man. All I gotta say is what a blast it was to see you down in Mexico City. I am back home and you are still on the go, but what a treat. What what about you? (laughs) How you you doing? It was good, man. The show was fun and good seeing you and and, uh, good meeting Dewey from uh, Peer Pleasure Podcast, and uh, yeah, man, it's good times now. I'm in, uh, I'm in Chile, got a show tonight in Santiago, and then, uh, you know, onwards and upwards, more more rock in front of me, so yeah. all good. And just for everybody out there in loyal listener land, if, if we get this episode published on time, I realize uh, episode 67 looks like it will have gone up a day late. We recently switched uh, distributors in the podcast space. All of Jabberjaw has migrated to a new uh, platform called Megaphone, and it seems like there was a bit of a snafu. So today we're recording almost a week early, so by the time you listen to this, Mr. Blasco will probably be, I don't know, in uh, another continent or at least another <laughs> another language, uh, <laughs> another country with a different language down in South America. No doubt. In the last episode, we chatted about how to get featured on music blogs. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. You know, all I gotta say is, having been to uh, Welcome to Rockville and now Helen Heaven Festival, I think Ozzy alone probably sells more than five hundred thousand items of merch <laughs> at any <laughs> given show. I uh, I really did have a blast at the festival. You know, I was fortunate enough to be down there two days, and um, it was just so fun for me to be able to walk around the grounds and and and. I'm fascinated by how these festivals operate in other cultures, you know, especially ones that I don't really get to very often. So, you know, I've been to a lot of the European festivals and now, of course, so many of the U.S. ones. But, I mean, it was just awesome. And uh, one of the things I did was check out the merchandise and, and there were a lot of Aussie items. So if you don't get to go to these festivals and you're looking for Aussie items or pretty much anything else, head on over to Rockabilia. Uh, as we've mentioned so many times on this show, they support us as hosts. They support our network and are really just good guys. So head on over, uh, rockabilia.com. Use the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off. And don't forget to tell them that Blasco and Mike sent you. 
This week, we talk about how to properly launch your next music project. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. So, Mike, uh, I found an article by this guy named Dave Kusek, which uh, you may or may not have heard of. He does a lot of uh, coaching and uh, webinars and things of that nature. But he had a guest post on HypeBot and uh, thought it might be kind of interesting for today. You know, the article kind of starts off like this. Chances are you have a big music project you're working on now. Maybe it's as small as a new song or as grand as a full production music video with a team of 100 people backing you up. No matter how big or small your project, the big question is, how do you go from an idea to something tangible out in the market? A project could be something obvious like creating and releasing a new album. But it could also be something on a smaller scale, like creating and releasing a single song or DIY music video. A project could be something like planning and executing a regional tour or a crowdfunding campaign. Or maybe your project is to set up a business like a production company or home studio where you sell your services to musicians and bands. So really what he's saying here is that you know, uh, we're going to talk about your next music project. It could be something grand. It could be something small. But either way, the, his, uh, his process here is uh, relatively similar no matter what it is. So, you know, we can talk about it and weigh in. I hadn't heard of this guy, um, so thanks for bringing him to my attention. I'm going to check him out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a little bit uh, similar to kind of some of the stuff that I do on the Outer Loop Coaching platform. You know, I have a, a, a course called Release It Right. And I think what I've found, and I'm sure you would echo over the years, is no matter what the project is, I mean, you know, we're typically talking about, yes, music or single or EP album or even video. But the bottom line is preparation, right? You know, really the fundamentals of all of it are there's a massive essentially checklist for you to go through and say, you know, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to do this? Why am I going to do this? Or maybe I don't need to do this, right? But but in all of it, if you've got this plan kind of laid out and you can keep yourself on task, the chances of, yes, getting it to the market um, in, a, in a professional capacity are going to be so much greater. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I even think of it as we often, you know, mention this podcast, you know, as an example, you know, I think of it in terms of, how we started it of like, hey, Mike, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Hey, Blasco, do you want to do a podcast? Great. Let's do a podcast. Like it should be a music business podcast. We figured it out, right? We we went through a bunch of different names. Um, we went through a bunch of different ideas of how it was going to roll. We did, God, I mean, I probably, you know, half a dozen or more demos, listened back to it, fine-tuned it. You know, it, it, initially it was like this sort of, 
two guys rambling and they were, you know, going uh, upwards of over an hour. And you listen back to it and you go, this just sounds like two guys rambling for an hour. Like it's not, it's like, it's not interesting, you know? So we, 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 we fine tuned it and, and we did our due diligence to get to a point to what it is now and what it's been since episode one, but it took some tweaking to get to that point. And, you know, potentially this is uh you know, this is, we're going to dig into that. And this podcast is a good example. And if you guys haven't listened to episode 60, uh, where we covered something where the topic was how to just get started, I think, you know, that'd be a good reference point to either listen to in advance of this or go back afterwards. Because, you know, one of the things that, especially with the podcast that we talked about was, yeah, we both had had this idea, you know, Blasco had been talking to somebody else about doing it. I'd been kind of just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And when we connected, we just said, you know what? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's do these demos. Let's see how it works out. We found our flow and here we are. And now each and every week, you know, we have essentially a checklist of what we do. I mean, we don't, you know, I'm sure you're not looking at it because it's not super robust, but, you know, and I'm not looking at it either, but it's a bunch of simple steps. You research what we're going to talk about. We set up the time we're going to record, you know, all the way through getting our teaser clips, our audio edited, getting it published, you name it. It's like, you know, without that sort of, you know, process um, and everyone on our team, thankfully we have a bit of a team, um, you know, being cognizant of where things are, you know, we probably wouldn't be as efficient um, as we're able to be. So I think those two things combined are really, really important when you're doing any of this stuff. Yeah. So look, number one, what is the big picture purpose of your project? Make sure you address this right up front. So many musicians do things just because they see a lot of other musicians doing it. They make an EPK even though they have no use for it because some industry expert told them it was important. Or they make a Patreon page simply because they see other musicians being successful on the platform. All decisions to move forward with projects should be made with an internal focus not an external focus. In other words, making a decision based on how it will benefit you, not how it benefited someone else. I mean, this is, holy cow, this is like wisdom right here at its finest. And I see this a ton. And part of my role, especially with the developing artists and even the established artists that I manage is, yes, being able to to remind us why are we doing a certain thing, you know, and and. Sometimes whenever we come up with an idea, let's say it's recording a new single, you know, from from the time that we, you know, say, let's do it, I guess, from idea to when we finally get started recording, you know, you name it. Yeah, it can be we can lose track of why we were trying to do it initially. And so, you know, a lot of times I think the artists in particular who, you know, are are in the the, you know, they're in the trenches, they're in the foxhole, they sometimes forget exactly why we're doing a certain thing and you know come to me and say well you know let's rush this out let's get it out right now and it's like hold on you know we were doing this single in order to you know make ourselves more lucrative to let's say a particular tour let's wait until it's done you know make sure that we announce and release it in conjunction with that tour let's not cannibalize our efforts by you know forgetting why we did you know why we did it in the first place Yeah, I mean, look, it's like, you know, he says it right here. So many musicians do things just because they see a lot of other musicians doing it. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah, man, I mean, 
you know, make a, make a focus on what is best for you. I mean, I think a lot of times when you're getting started out, you gotta, you gotta try a lot of different things because you're not sure where you're going to develop an audience, right? Like it, you, it could end up being on, uh, on a social platform. It could end up being on YouTube. It could end up being on Spotify. You know, it's, it's, it's so many different things, you know, but it, it's like focus, focus on what it is that you do best. And I think for nothing else, the only thing that we really need initially is music, right? That's, that's the one thing that no matter what we're all, it's all built around is the music. So you need to make sure that first and foremost, that is the single most important element, right? Yeah. You couldn't have said that one any better. And, um, when I was on the plane home from Mexico, I was listening to this cool podcast called, um, and the writer is, and I don't remember exactly how I discovered it, but it's a songwriter. I don't remember his name. He would think he was in a big band. Um, and he was interviewing the guy, Ryan Tedder from the band one Republic. And whether you like that band or not, it doesn't really matter. He was talking about becoming a songwriter and you know how he's writing songs for both his band and for many others. And one of the really interesting things that he said, and, and we'll put the link to this in the show notes was when you wait when you're patient enough to get a smash hit right and this is a guy who's had smash hits so he knows pretty much the difference more or less between when he's almost there and and when he needs to to wait and get it done he said the smash hit does the work for you right when you've got a great song and it's a hit even you know you still have to put in so much effort so much marketing you name it but a smash hit essentially goes viral everybody's listening to it and it takes away so much of that extra effort. Yep. Uh, number two, what are your goals? Now that we have the big picture, let's zoom in and look at your goals for the project itself. When setting these goals, it's best to make them as specific and actionable as possible. Obviously, you want to release an album. That's a goal. But when do you want to have it released by? How much would you like to grow your mailing list as a result of the promotion? Would you like to get a blog feature or review? How many pre-orders would you like to get? How much money do you want to spend on it? How much money do you want to bring in? Do you want to release a new merch design with the album art in conjunction with the new album, etc., etc.? Yeah, I mean, this is the stuff that really we hone in on at uh, Outer Loop Coaching with Release It Right because, you know, I've... I, I've gone through this process. I've probably released almost a hundred records. Um, you know, and you do have to start when you very first think about what your goal is. Is it a single, an EP, an album? You know, we lay out. Yeah, are you going to release merch in conjunction with it? Okay. You know, you don't have to wait until the music's done in order to start getting merch designs going. I mean, you can if you really want, because you might want to pull some lyrics to utilize, but you should at least be thinking about it. You know, identifying designers that you want, looking at styles of things that you want. So, so much of it is really about the planning and being realistic. I mean, I'm talking to an artist now who's, you know, about to go record. They'll probably finish their album in July, and they're talking about a September release. And, you know, because they want to do a tour around it. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, you may want to really, you know, don't let the tour be the driver of when you put this record out. You know, you got to focus, like you said earlier, on the songs, make sure they're great. 
then when we finish, we've got to, you know, make sure everything else is ready to go. And if that means an October release, then that's when we're going to have to do the tour. You know, you can't let that tour get in the way of what your goal is, which is to have a great album. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, it says here specific and actionable, and that's really important, right? Like, uh, you're going to release an album is a very broad stroke, right? You're going to release a single or whatever, very broad stroke, but you got to break down the steps and actions that it's going to take to get to that point. And, you know, that could be a number of things like he, you know, he threw out like a, you know, half a dozen examples of actionable and specific steps to lead up to that release here. But, um, you know, just like anything else, I mean, you got to break it down to the, the micro cosmic fucking detail you know, of, of what it, it, of how your release is going to roll. You can't just go like, oh, we're just going to release a song and then just here it is and throw it out there. I mean, you can, but if your expectations are something bigger, then you're going to have to break it down and really follow those steps. Plus to the advantage of that, whenever you break it down into those, those hyper micro um, actionable and specific steps is that, you feel and you see progress. And whenever you have that, that path that you're following of progress, it gives you the ability to, to meander like along the way, right? Like maybe there's something that doesn't, there, maybe there's one of these steps that doesn't reach your expectation. And then you can modify the next, the next step. And because it's like, you're like, oh yeah, this, this didn't get us to what we needed to do. So maybe we need to modify so that we can, so that we can reach our expectations on the next step. You know what I mean? So it's important to have, to have steps to follow. That way you can, you can see your progress. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we, he goes into next on, on the, you know, he says, you know, make an action plan, um, which is really getting into the details, right? Yeah. And it, look, make an action plan. This is number three. Uh, this is going to be an effort of breaking down your goals into smaller tasks with deadlines. I find it's easier to make a plan of action if you start with a deadline or due date and work your way backwards. So for example, if you want to announce your tour by a certain date, how early do you need to be contacting venues? From there, you work your to-dos out. So uh, you would need to have live data on hand, some information about you and your music to present to venues, venue contact information compiled in a spreadsheet, and emails drafted to send to venues. Yeah, I mean, with any of this, I like the work backwards plan. Um, you know, it's it's really, you do, you say, okay, you know, for me, if I've got an artist who, you know, I know we're about to make a record and, and, you know, we want to find a tour, do a headline tour, you know, let's say here we are in the month of May and we're going to do something for November. Yeah. I would set, you know, I'd go and look at the calendar already and say, okay, you know, first, maybe Thursday or Friday in November, let's set that as our first tour date. You know, I'd come up with a routing along with the agent and then, yeah, we'd work every little step backwards to get to where we are today and you know in that spreadsheet or however you want to keep track of it you know at outer loop coaching for release it right we have a workbook you know you'd go in and you have to yeah say who's doing it and what is the deadline and what how often are you going to check in to make sure that you're still on course to reach each individual thing you know for for people like us mike i mean it it seems kind of obvious but what's so cool about this podcast and what we talk about is really breaking it down to the basics, 
you know? So in, in terms of there being a date and then working backwards, it just seems so obvious for us because we're constantly working on some kind of release. So we just automatically are always working backwards to get, to build ourselves up to a specific, you know, deadline or release date. Right. But for people listening, this may not be so obvious. It's a, it's like, look, working backwards, that's a really good strategic plan. Figure out what the date is. And, and look, and you may not even need to set a specific date, right? It, it, it could be, it could just be a, a range of dates or like, you know, like even just like, I, I, I want to release something in the summer, right? And, and really kind of work backwards, make a set of actionable steps so that you can see your progress along the way. But once again, it may sound obvious, but it's such a good idea to work backwards, set a goal in mind, whatever that is, a release of some kind, work your way backwards as far back as you need to go, you know, you know, and then, and then too, it's like, just to bring it up, what I've noticed is, um, in this new era of things, I've noticed people, I've noticed artists actually having a much shorter release span of, uh, for like an album release, right? Like they'll announce it like the day before and just throw it up there you know, and, but don't think that that just, if you want to have a shorter release time, like let's say you want to have like a two month pre-order versus a two day pre-order, a two day pre-order, don't think that that's easier because it's a shorter amount of time. I mean, to pull off a really short time frame like that does require a lot of planning, you know, maybe even more so than a longer release date, because whenever you've got a two month pre-order, you've got some time to kind of like put it out there and pick up the pieces if it, if you feel it's fallen off, you know, but you know, if you want to do a short pre-order time period, that requires a lot of work as well. So don't think that that's easy just because it's shorter. Totally. And, you know, I've seen the other end of it too, where some people have extended releases because, you know, they focus on multiple singles. You know, it used to be uh, traditionally we'd maybe premiere two at most three, max four singles, you know, going into any album release. I typically kept my release, you know, uh, from announced to release somewhere between two and three months. Um, but, but now I've seen some, you know, we did a good tiger one with metal blade and blacklight where, you know, last year we premiered our first track in late August, early September and the album didn't come out until February. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think you made a good point where I, you know, especially with a lot of the developing artists where we've got to finish album where we've got to finish the EP take for instance on, on outer loop records, you know, we signed the band Islander, we've released one single and we haven't announced, you know, the album release date because we're trying to find a tour that makes sense in, you know, late summer, early fall where we can maximize our effectiveness of getting, you know, the record out. But again, it's based on what tour we end up securing for them. So once that happens, which should come, you know, relatively soon, you know, whichever tour we're going for that we get, we'll know, and then we can pinpoint that exact date. But, you know, regardless, like you said, we still are looking at all of the steps that are going to have to, you know, be done in order to get us there once that date is set. Which is what's cool about the digital marketplace is you can afford to be flexible you know, I mean, th think about, think about that, you, you know, not that long ago, think about 
what you wouldn't have the opportunity to do that. You know, you would have had to just throw it out there and just be like, oh, well, this is the release date and we don't have a tour. That sucks, but we'll just keep grinding, you know. Yeah, you know, or it that. was really costly, if you remember. You could switch your release date, but because, you know, so many things were in motion and they couldn't change so easily like you can at the digital age, your distributor would charge you a massive penalty. Um, so, yeah, it is nice in this day and age that you can be flexible, especially for developing artists, you know. For me, who handles so many of those, you know, if I've got a, uh, what I call, you know, whatever, I guess a top tier artist or a headlining artist, I can usually map out their album cycle pretty easily. You know, I know when we want to headline, I know when we want to do certain things, when we want to hit certain territories. For the developing artist, it's all about typically supporting. So you don't know exactly when you're going to do certain things. Yep. Uh, final number four. When is the project actually finished? This may seem obvious, but so many musicians set vague goals for their projects and end up lost or confused towards the end as they are coming up to the finish line. This is the time you should be starting to celebrate a job well done, but instead it turns into a period of mad scrambling to get the final pieces tied up. I'm bringing this up because not all projects have obvious endpoints. So for example, if your goal is to release an album, it's not over when the album hits iTunes. You then need to make sure all your promotions are lined up and any press you secured goes out smoothly. This will be a big coordination of social media and email over the next few weeks or months. Sometimes you'll even have a set of gigs or a tour to promote the album release, which is almost another project in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, this is a cool point. And, and a long time ago, a friend of mine, she's not, you know, uh, tied into music at all. But she asked, you know, if we celebrate any of our successes. And I told her, no, she kind of looked at me like, why? And I just said, because the minute that the quote unquote success happens, there's still a bazillion more things to do. You know, especially somebody that works with a lot of artists or, you know, the artists like he's saying have other things. It's like, all right, bam, we did that. High five on to the next one. And she really taught me. She's like, take a minute, pause, reflect on what you've done. You know, I've been able to get so many artists to have their albums chart first week, you know, across many of the Billboard charts. And, you know, yeah, you and I might kind of snicker and say, okay, what does it mean? But nevertheless, it does mean something. And so I've tried to at least pause and reflect with my team and the artist and say, job well done. Yes, there's more work to do, but we usually have that plan already ready to go. You know, again, release it right, which I'm not trying to just bang that into people's heads. It's just because all of this stuff is so thought out. It doesn't end when your release comes. We, we encourage you to have all of your assets ready and things to follow it up so you continue to promote your release, like you're saying, through tours, through additional content, through whatever it may be, so you can have that moment to say, awesome, we did something, you know, that, that really was an achievement. Yeah, I mean, look, for me to kind of simply summarize this article, which I think is is really good just to kind of break down the basics, but focus on a project. You know, what, do one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself. Focus on the project, whatever that is. And then I think step one really is defining the goal of that project and what you want to accomplish. And then work backwards. Make a set of actionable steps that are going to get you to that destination. And along the way, 
you know, map your course, see where it takes you. It may not be so specific, but you have to have, be flexible enough and be willing to roll with the punches as they, as they come. So this is, to me, this is a great article. This is, this is basic and it's good to get back to the basics because it's like, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just going back to the, the, the real, you know, set of actionable steps that get us here. And this is, and, and you know, we do this every day, like everything, this is, this is, you know, our lives, basically, this is our business, you know, putting out records, setting up tours, putting tickets on sale, putting VIPs on sale, setting up pre-orders, you know, and everything that's associated with that. It's once again, I just like to say that this is, you know, just good practice to go back to the basics and really define the core of, you know, what it is that we do. I agree. Let me add one more thing just so everybody's clear. You know, Blasco and I are sitting here saying, yes, we do this all the time, you know, so we're really good at it. One of the things we've also become really good at is knowing how what we personally are responsible for and capable of. Thankfully, each of us has teams for our, our, our respective projects, knowing what they can do and who's responsible for it and identifying if if we can't do it either because, you know, we don't have the skill set maybe we can't shoot a video and we have to hire out or maybe we can't do you know a great a job with our own publicity and we have to hire out identifying what roles need to be filled and you know getting a budget together and then finding those people so don't think just because you know we're saying this is back to the basics that we're doing all of this ourselves one of our greatest strengths in each of us is to be able to know what we can do and what we have to you know, identify and find you know, a partner to help us with the things that we can't do. And that concludes episode 68. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got cooking? Another great episode. Like I said, it was fantastic to see you for the second weekend in a row. Um, you know, guys, I've mentioned Outer Loop Coaching uh, on this particular episode a number of times. Do do, your, do do yourself a favor. Go over and see what we've got available. The one course, Release It Right, really does prepare you for how to release things. Um, and, yeah, other than that, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOloop. Uh, and lastly, don't forget, Rockabilia.com is our sponsor. Head over there. PC Jabberjaw is your code for 15% off. Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you, and we'll see you next week for probably what's got to be our favorite episode, Mr. B. 69. <laughs> uh, I should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Peace.
Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.